Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast, episode, episode 431. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom, my assistant producer, Lily, here with me. She did not like the Tapping of the Keg uh, intro. Uh, she has got up out of disgust. Spoiler alert, she really actually hates doors being closed, and it's currently closed. Um, by the way, Kurt Benkert needs someone to house his dog. Great Pyrenees, full. Lily's a half. Um, take Kurt's dog on you if you have a chance. And if you're interested in a pup, looks like a good girl. Um, so just a little shout out there to start. We got a good show today. We're going to talk about the panic button and why it's overrated. Um, it's jumped the shark. It is no longer something that should be used as a sports conversation and obviously this is in regard to the Green Bay Packers talk a little Packers Lions not the most exciting game but obviously a critical game for the Green Bay Packers um, then we will talk about division titles mattering so much more in baseball than really any other sport and then lastly the Bucks made a historic hire hiring Lisa Byington we'll talk about that we'll talk a little bit about the reaction around it the sort of expected reaction that really wasn't there um we'll, we'll just get into it i think it's, it'll be a really good discussion but first mitch what's going on my my co-host how you doing uh pretty good nothing uh nothing terribly exciting going on on my end uh as usual just sort of uh coasting through the week and uh hey man it, it it's weird football weeks once you get it back into the football season it's kind of weird how the weeks work, right? Like, and we now are hoping to tape on Wednesdays. We know we're going to get interrupted by Brewers baseball once they're in the playoffs and the Bucks once they get rolling. There'll be important Bucks games that'll be on Wednesday night where we'll have to shift. But when you're in football season, like, it's very structured. Like, if you are able to watch everything now, if you have a significant other like I do, you, you probably won't watch every game. You just won't. It's just part of it. But for Mitch, who's at home by himself, like, yeah, you could really structure and be like, all right, I got football on Friday or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday are kind of off days, and then I do it all over again. And well, I, I was going to say, I feel like I haven't watched a Brewer game in like a week because it just – they had Thursday, last Thursday off, and Friday yeah. I watched most of, I guess. So Friday is probably – and then – Saturday, you had, you know, you know, stepping out. You had a um, Badger game. You had college football all day long. Um, now we did we did catch in the last couple innings with a no hitter, so that's good. But mm-hmm. um, you know, Sunday you had football, and that was week one. The excitement of that, like you got your first fantasy lineup set, you know, and that type of shit. So you're pretty locked in on football. It's like I didn't watch a single pitch of the Brewer game. I will admit it. Now that was also like an eleven to three. It was pretty much so over. Like, it was pretty much over yeah. when it started. Like they, so, they got up yeah. seven nothing, and I'm like mad at myself that I'm like, oh man, and then parlay the Brewers and Packers because I didn't know the guy the Brewers were facing and everything like that. Little did I know the Packers would lose by 35 points. So yeah, smart decision. So, Who knew? And then it's like, and they're off Monday, Tuesday night. You had um, early game, game that was flying by. Like that game was going to yeah. be done at 7:30 Central Time. Right. And then we get a two hour rain delay. Yeah. And then of course, so I didn't, did not watch a pitch after that. 
and then Wednesday at a day game, I missed the day game, and then they're off. They're off uh, tonight. Yeah. So now home like, to play home to play the Cubs. Um, Christian Yelich reached out and uh, ten thousand. 10,000 seats donated. Very savvy move by the Brewers, by the way. Like, don't think I know what you're up to, Brewers. Packers have a, have a home game on on Monday. You, you're like, we're, they're probably going to clinch Saturday, Sunday, depending on what the Cardinals do. Cardinals are winning again tonight. Um, they're going to slide into the playoffs, those motherfuckers, um, yeah. because the Reds and Padres just shit right down their leg. And the Brewers are doing it. It's simply put just because they want to get asked to the seats. And that's why Ryan Braun's coming on uh, Sunday. By the way, we are going to talk about Ryan Braun too in the Ryan Braun pub crawl. Forgot to mention that in the open. Uh, we'll get Mitch's thoughts on that since you got mine yesterday. Um, but so there, this all just to get asked into the seats as these this last week will probably be pretty meaningless. Yeah. Yeah. So good on but them. What Oh yeah, hell yeah. We need we need the rest. But what is not meaningless was the Green Bay Packers. Well, Green Bay Packers played like the game was meaningless. So we all know that. Um, and now we've looked ahead. We flushed it as Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams both said. Um, but obviously the media pundits, especially nationally, are eating the low low hanging fruit. They might be getting drunk off the low hanging fruit for all we know. This is prime you know, re- overreaction week one for yep. every, every pundit, no matter whom it is. I did a whole overreaction pod on Tuesday to go back and listen to, but this is not really about the overreaction. It's more about the panic button. So two instances, Mitch, I saw people wondering if the Packers should quote unquote push, push the panic button. One was Packers panic. The first one was get up. Who else, right? Yeah, yeah. Should should the Packers push fan button? I didn't even bother watching the segment. I was watching Vanderpump Rules while I was running. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick with Vanderpump. It's a good episode. I've seen it, but it's a good one. Just shows you how crazy Sheena is. I don't know, Mitch, if you're a Vanderpump guy, but would recommend it. Um, it's good shit. Yeah. But anyways. <laughs> I've seen a couple episodes. I've seen a couple episodes. It's, it's not bad. I mean, for, yeah. for what it is, it's not bad. Good reality television. Anyways, so I was like, all right, there's that. And I was like, ah, whatever. It's it's get up. And then Peter Schrager, who I love, like one of my favorite guys. Like, I really yep. like Peter Schrager. He's on Bill Sims podcast every Friday. It's like appointment listening for me. I've liked Schrags for a long time. I loved him with Jay and Dan when they had their podcast back, mm-hmm. God, eons ago. And he goes, oh, well, what if the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers to Denver right now for a host of guys? It was like Teddy Bridgewater, Bradley Chubb, (laughs) KJ Hamler, a bunch of picks. And I'm like, the fuck are we doing, Treggs? Like, I love you, but, like, are you really going to go on to Simmons' podcast and talk about this on on Friday? Because I don't want to hear it. Like, Nolan Murphy has the list. And I've talked about it on the podcast a few times, but, like, and we have to have him on to talk through the list. Like we, that, that has, that's like a full show is just yeah. him going through the list and, and just airing his grievances. Um, maybe like a half, maybe middle of the year, a list check-in who's been added, who's deleted. Um, and then anyways, but it, it's like, I, to circle back to the, the open is like the panic button is just so overdone. 
It's like, why is this a panic after one bad game? I, I just don't get it. Is it because it's the Packers? Is it because of the media landscape? Like, help me out with this. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it all kind of, it follows the playbook that they've used for the last um, five months. I mean, or whatever, it's four and a half months since, since essentially draft night uh, back in April. It's, it's going to be drumming up the situation. And you did see some uncharacteristic stuff from Aaron Rodgers. You know, I guess I hadn't thought about it, but the Packers did seem to treat that like it was their fourth preseason game, didn't they? I mean, yeah, it, it was like just obvious that they had no time on the field uh, in, in, you know, in game action, if you will, in preseason. Um, preseason in the NFL has gotten – it's, it's completely irrelevant at this point. So um, really quick though on that, like, like they, I thought that was part of the reason the Packers lost this game though, is no preseason because yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's the fair. saints, the saints were playing pretty much the, like the old coaches, like Peyton, Andy Reed, few others were like, we're playing our guys and you know, saints looked pretty prepared, ready to roll yeah. for, yeah. for week one. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I you know, I know this isn't a topic, but I do think that you you need to have a few series in preseason. You know, I maybe even one series per game, but right. just I mean, just to get some work, um, and get off the field and get healthy, but or stay healthy. But yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of a lot of uncharacteristic things. The body language from Rodgers was, I guess, no different really, in my opinion, than you've seen the last handful of years. So I'm not going to really be reading to that a whole lot, but you know, um, you definitely don't see red zone interceptions and and you got one of the bad one of those and it's just going to be, yeah, it's just that they're following the playbook of it's all that. I mean, it's it's the Packers, uh, a national brand, a public team, and you have the storyline of Rogers and then they come out and, and like just the way the off season went, Rogers has been on Pat McAfee for I don't know how many weeks in a row now every Tuesday and he you know he he, so he he's he's talking about everything um without being super specific but he's he's been pretty open about everything which you have to give him credit for but then to come out and shit the bed like that in week one you know people are gonna freak out and you know I'm not there yet I'm with you but I think that people overall Packer fans, um, uh, unbiased observers like myself are sort of on, on the fence right now where it's like, okay, um, was that one really bad game? Did they flush it, shake off the cobwebs, uh, get the rust off, whatever you want to say. And are they going to come out and beat the lions by, I guess, 11 or more. That's the spread. I I was going to say two touchdowns or are they going to, you know, squeak by them or God forbid lose to the lions. If they lose to the lions, yeah, then that's then that's. A panic I, I, I think you're. I think you're talking pack panic button. Yeah, at, at that's, that point. That's a. But it's a little. It's a little premature right now, and it's definitely, you know, yell at each other, talk show fodder right now. Right, and and the pan to me like a panic button in football is you are zero and two, or you're even zero and three, or you're a. You know, even right. one and two well, or one. And the and other three. thing, like I mean, you have you have an extra game this year to play with too. Yeah, so that's so true. Zero and one is not, I mean, by any means, a death sentence. I mean, it's 
It's uh, you'd rather not lose 38 to three to a team that you think is lesser and uh, who probably had more to worry about coming into the game um, just with their family and all that and, and their situation yeah. in New Orleans and having to having to move around to practice or whatever and then fly over for the game just like the Packers did. Um, you know, so that wasn't the outcome you wanted, but I am not, you know, at the panic button. I just, I mean, yeah. you know, so, I, at the same time, at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say that I feel confident about them um, covering the 11 for 10 and a half of where. Yeah. Find it I, yeah. The, uh, the Packer betting preview will do on the TikTok and the Instagram. I don't know if we're going to be recommending people taking the 11 uh, little spoiler alert for the people, but I think, the thing is, is like the other part of it that I think people are overvaluing the panic, quote unquote, is like no one in the division was good in week one. OK, like the Lions really admirable effort. They still gave up 41 fucking points to a 49ers yeah. team that really had, they didn't play a lot of preseason and they've barely played with each other in the last year, almost year. Right. Um, the Vikings yeah. looked like they just didn't want to be there. In, in my opinion, now maybe this is my bias showing, but like the Vikings body language was just as bad as the Packers, if not worse. Like it just looked like they didn't want to be there. They had like overtime penalties, this defense yeah. that was supposed to be fixed by Mike Zimmer. They were getting shredded by Joe Burrow, who I like. And I think their Bengals might be a sneaky team to like kind of surprise people at least a little bit. Like I, I was kind of hoping the Packers, they have the Bengals in week five. It's kind of hoping Joe Burrow would still be kind of recovering, but it looks like he's fully healthy. He looks like ready to go. And, and then you have the bears and the bears are just a joke with the whole Andy Dalton thing. And so like, if the Packers played hypothetically in the NFC West, right. And they came out and got shit pumped in week one. So like say the Seahawks, say the Seahawks national brand, or even the Niners. Uh, Niners, bad example, because they're playing for the, the Lions. But one of those teams gets shit-pumped week one, and the rest of the teams look like world beaters, look like playoff teams. Then that panic button is is worthy. That panic button is is worth talking about at least a little bit because it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, like how the hell are they going to compete in this division? But, you know, you had – pundits like Bill Simmons being like, oh, seven wins might be all it takes to win the NFC North, which is also an overreaction. It's not going to take seven wins, I promise you. But still, it's like, this division sucks. It's okay to like, does it suck to get your ass kicked? Yeah. Is it going to be quote-unquote panic if you go into San Francisco and you lose by 10 plus points and it looks pretty convincingly on the 49er side? Yes. Then to me, it's like, all right, now you've lost the two playoff teams in pretty convincing fashion. You have another playoff team in Pittsburgh the following week coming to town. Like then that to me becomes like must win, put up or shut up territory of like either you are a playoff team or you're just going to be a team that beats up on bad teams on your schedule. Maybe that'll be good enough to make the playoffs. I don't know. So I just think, I think everybody's too early with it. Go ahead. And, and maybe that's maybe that's what the Packers are with just with just with everything going on. I mean, you know, they're not going to be a three-win team. Maybe they're going to be nine and eight, and and win the North, and be the four seed in the NFC because I do. They they are going back to the normal playoff format this year, correct? No, it's seven. 
it is still seven. They're sticking with it. Okay. Yeah. Well, so no, I, I don't think that'll matter for the Packers at this point. Um, you know, as you kind of laid out there, we'll, we'll, we'll see, you know, I think you got to wait till week three or four before you start freaking out. You got to, you sure. got to see a couple, a couple good teams. And, um, but at the same time, like, I think we've talked before, like this is when the Packers need to be um, getting fat. I mean, if you will, and I, you know, they're missing David Bakhtiari. Um, I don't know how much that affected the game. I it mean, didn't. they got their ass I thought the, regardless. I thought, I thought the offensive line was pretty good. I, I think it was, I think that, yeah, you're right. I, but I also would argue that you're dealing with the NFC West is going to beat up on each other, even though if they're great, even though if they could have four playoff teams, they're going to beat the living hell out of each other. Like, those 49er Rams games, the 49er Seahawks games are going to be yeah. wars. Yeah, I think that that division is, I think, far and away the best. I, oh, I, I'm pretty 100%. sure. I'm pretty sure I've said that before. And just the way Arizona looks, I mean, that's that's an overreaction, though, potentially in the other way. You just got to remember who's coaching that team. Cliff is such right. a bad coach. Like, I think a lot of people are on that. That there's that there's but their roster is pretty loaded barring, you know, any, any catastrophic injuries because JJ Watt looked pretty good. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's not probably um, all pro or, I mean, well, maybe, but not the defensive player of the year type anymore, but he's going to be um, a solid player for them. And, you know, their roster is pretty loaded. And I mean, shit, I, pretty, I mean, Seattle might be, might be the worst team in that division on paper. And yeah, but then you have first, gonna, and they're not going to be a, a a cakewalk. You have first half MVP Russell Wilson, um, at which yeah. one of the more annoying, another annoying topic that gets floated out there. But yeah, I I just think we need to like kind of stop with the whole panic stuff. Like, couldn't you see in week after game one of the NBA season, if the Bucks like let's say they lose by like twelve to the Nets, the Nets are at full strength. When there isn't there going to be a topic like, oh, does the Bucks need to panic about the Nets? Like, <laughs> it, it, it's just like it's so easy because that term panic is like it's a trigger. It's like any, like it's just immediately people are like, all right, I'm gonna react. I want to watch that. Like that's watchable content. Like that's what I want to see. It's the kind. It's the same stuff of like Stephen A. had. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers wanted to be out there. I he didn't seem like he wanted it, and it's like. Again, another really digestible stuff. Like they know what puts asses in the seats. And I just think, unfortunately, I love talking panic buttons. Like I'm a big panic button guy. We've certainly rolled that rolled that ball out there. Like we've definitely had that topic in different slow star Packer years, which by the way, like you'd think Packer fans by now would be used to like slow starts. Like Mike McCarthy yeah. was the king of slow starts. Like, I mean, right. I'd have to look it up, but like, there were so many years where we were one and two or we were two and two. And then all of a sudden everything clicked in October. Like October used to be like the month for the Packers. Yeah. And so yeah. like. They, and Rogers might be notorious, you know, as well for, for a slow start. I mean, how many years? Um, I'd, I'd say up until, well, for the first two years of the floor, everything's been pretty hunky dory. And then you had the 18 season. That was a disaster with McCarthy. Which, by the way, um, I would say week one this year was that's probably the worst game I've seen. I'd say 
at least since the Arizona game in 2018 that got McCarthy fired. Um, and, and arguably of my life, uh, just, and and that's, that's spicy, but I mean, that was bad, but, um, yeah, that's it. And, but I feel like the years leading up to that, there was always, you know, one and two or four and five or something, and then run the table and then they get unbelievably hot. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good point. Like, they were they were four and six, and like I wrote an article on, and I think it was a Stone Tab, it was Stone Tab at the time. I wrote an article basically saying McCarthy needs to be fired. Like you need to shake things up. Like you need to just you need to just do something different. And kind of, I think I used, and it's funny because it's the anniversary of it, Ned Yost, where it was like you need to fire this guy and just see if you can save your season. And then they didn't. They held their water as the Packers do. And they ended up running the table and they made it to the NFC championship game with sticks at their, at their uh, cornerback position. Wasn't that a, wasn't that a Titans game? I want to say where they just got ran all over. Yep. They lost like 38 to 10 or 38 to 17 or something like that. And uh, it was, it was appointment listening on post game shows because people were at, were melting down. And then I believe it was the next day Rogers had to run the table. And everybody, the rallying cry, the last, the last true rally, rallying cry. That must have been 2017. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, and I, we don't have to go through it all, but like 2009, the Packers were four and four, and and then they ended up finishing 11 and five before the season was over. 2010, when they won the Super Bowl, they were six and three, but they were three and three. Remember, they lose back to back games um they were three and one and then drop one to the redskins in overtime can't say that word anymore my bad and then lose at home in overtime to the dolphins and then they again turned it on so it's like this has happened before it's not it's not uncommon they got waxed by the seahawks one time in seattle granted it was a thursday night it was a super bowl coronation after the backers had had the bostic play but they got beat by 20 that night and so it's like, it does suck. It was an awful feeling. It was hard to believe that they would come out that flat. But you know what? Sometimes sports happen. And, you know, either we look at back at this and we laugh at it, or we look back at it and say, this was a sign of things to come. And maybe the yeah. team chemistry thing isn't, isn't overrated at all. In fact, it's really important. It's really important that everybody's bought in. Let's give the Saints credit too. I mean, like, you know, there hasn't been, I feel like enough of that. Um, You know, people were around here anyway. I don't know about nationally as much, but people were pretty down on the Saints. I mean, just because of Jameis and the turnover problems. And I don't know if Jameis was like, you know, a world beater in, in week one but he had five touchdowns and, you know, some of them were kind of lucky. Uh, the fourth down one from like the five yard line where Adrian Amos fucked up and slipped or whatever happened there probably shouldn't have been completed, but um, you know, I mean, their offensive line just, I mean, just destroyed the Packers D line and yeah, they're, they're all right. I mean, they're going to hang in there. Their division isn't that great either. That's probably a playoff game. So Maybe Ball. we'll see. Right. We'll see about the playoff team, but oh yeah, absolutely. So now you have the lions 
it it is a good thing for the Packers to have the Lions. I'll also say like it's a little bit of a come down because you're like, okay, your Saints are fired up. Lions, it's on Monday night. Um, I don't think the Packers are gonna come out sleepy to this one. Um I had a theory on the podcast yesterday that I thought Matt LaFleur played a little bit of chicken, that he realized things were fucked. He didn't get a ton of plays off, and he was like, you know what? After that interception, I'm not showing you anything. So he didn't run a ton of play action. He was really vanilla. I think that was on purpose. I don't think he wanted to give away anything because he's a psycho like that. Coaches are just psychos in in their own right. Um, And – you know, now you have a Lions team that doesn't have that great of a defense. They have Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, not really any wide receivers. TJ Hawkinson, good player. But if the Packers don't look dominant in some form, I think then you do have to at least be a little concerned about things, right? Like that you, if you don't, if you don't at least come out with a punch here, like that has to, that has to concern you, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that this is going to be a high-scoring game, personally. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah, you know, I'll give my score when the time is 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 right. But, you know, the Lions, <laughs> who are their receivers? I Terrell even... Williams. Um, oh, yeah, Tyrell Williams. Yeah, yeah. Tyrell Williams. They just signed Geronimo Allison to the uh, practice squad today. I saw that. Um, I'll, I'm pulling it up. But, yeah, it is going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, there, will be, there will be points. I'm on St. Brown, Khalif Raymond, Quintez Cephas. Um, those are all some of the, some of the names for the, uh, the wide, receiver, wide receiver group. But it's, it is just the, it is a get-right spot. Like, it needs to be that get-right spot. And it needs to need to work on your stuff. You need to get yourself ready for San Francisco. I, I would have been saying had we won against the Saints and looked good against the Saints, I think this conversation is a lot different. I'm like, this is a classic letdown game. And Dan Campbell is a psycho. and He's going to get their guys so fired up for that that he's like, oh, they're looking ahead. They're just waiting for San Francisco. I don't think that's the only positive of the blowout is there is no way you can look past Detroit. Not any shape of the map. There's no way. If you look past Detroit here after week one, as you said, we have bigger problems to talk about. And yeah. then it's a all out freak out. Like if the Packers went by like a Mason Crosby game winning field goal, that will feel like a loss. A, yeah, right. a, a Rogers last second drive, we all great Rogers, but it's like, oh shit. Like we're gonna get our asses handed to us in, in San Francisco, um, but if they come out and they win by I don't know ten points, even if they don't cover, or they even win by seven, but it's a last second touchdown by Jared Goff, similar to the San Francisco game. Okay, that just they just fight. And that's good to know, but it's it, it at the end of the day the Packers were in full control. So that's I think I- the big. Go ahead. I would say I could easily see uh, a, cl- a classic Lafleur scripted drive for a touchdown right off the bat. I mean, yeah, that's that's. I feel like that's going to happen. I, I don't envision the offense struggle. I think the offense will be just fine. Um, they, you know, you look at the Lions D too. It's like I never heard of anybody in there except for Jamie Collins. 
Michael Brockers, I guess, is there. But... Trey Flowers. Anzalone played for the Saints last year. Um, True. Not, but, no, nah, they, they don't have a ton of guys. I The offense, yeah. The defense, I'm not, I'm not ready to, like, throw Joe Barry to the Wolves. I, I did think the discourse about, like, oh, the Packers fans wanted Mike Patton out just to get Joe Barry. It's like, nobody fucking wanted Joe Barry, dude. Like, nobody yeah. – people were not, like, happy about Joe Barry. There was concern that LaFleur was hiring his buddy, and then, you know, the Packer media mafia did a good write-up, made sure that it's like, oh, he's trying to bring Vic Fangio's defense to it. It's like – I've watched a lot of Vic Fangio by watching the Bears, whether it was with our, my old roommate Fant or, or just because they're on because we get a lot of Bears games. I've never seen Vic Fangio's defense give up 38 fucking points. I'll tell you that much. Maybe they did, and I just don't remember it. But, like, not like that. And so, yeah. if you like, when I hear Vic Fangio's defense, I feel like a lot of aggressive motherfuckers, like getting after the quarterback. Like, and there was none of that. And then, which I was going to do a mini keg on, I still might might do a little late night after uh, after the pod. The whole Zadarius Smith thing, man. Did you see that what he's been doing this week? Well, what's that? Took away. There's no notion of the Packers in his Instagram uh, profile anymore. He had an Instagram story where he's going to get a tattoo of like the captain patch on himself. Um, and remember, it, he didn't get named the captain. And that was voted on by the players. So this was not voted on by the coaches. This was a player vote. And yeah. Zedarius Smith didn't get named the captain. And yet he's, like, using it as this, like, nobody, wa- like, wants me or whatever. And it's like, bro, like, fucking sack up. Like, it's it's fine. And, like, we asked last week, are we sure Zedarius Smith's okay? And, like, I don't know, man. Might be getting to his head a little bit. I mean, he still played well. He had, a, he had an awesome hit on Jameis that caused a turnover that should have easily not been a roughing the passer. But it's, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I guess I didn't – I guess I kind of forgot about the fact that he was not voted a captain. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's surprising. Um, yeah, isn't he – I always thought he was – I feel like he's one of the first guys that guys mentioned in press conferences about – Guys in the locker room, Rogers, Adams, Ladarius. Like he's he's usually like the third guy. And they didn't vote him a captain. Like, I don't know. So That's here, here I I pulled this, I, I pulled this up. So it was this is from Sports Illustrated, uh from Bill Huber. That's pretty good word. Uh on it was a player's vote. Rodgers, Adams, Mercedes Lewis were the offensive captains. Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos were the defensive captains. Mason Crosby, the special teams captains. First two seasons of LaFleur's tenure, Rodgers, Crosby, and Zarius Smith were the captains. Just three. And then LaFleur said what was interesting is we had 27 different players receive one vote, which is incredible that to think you have that many guys in consideration. I think that's, yeah, that's pretty rare. But that's I mean, that's a lot of guys. Like that's yeah. There's something I feel like there's something weird about your locker room if you're getting that many guys. Oh look at that zag from Mitch. I kind of like this 
zag. Like, well, so you're shouldn't saying... it be like, shouldn't it be pretty, pretty cut and dried that like half your roster is getting, I mean, it should be like everyone kind of knows who's, who's the big swinging dick around here. So there's you know, too, or, or there the might be too many cooks in the kitchen is what you're saying that there's too many loud voices, too many well, just, people it might be, they're the big yeah. dog in the house. Oh, that's well, interesting. I never I don't thought know about, about that, that, but just, no. just like, no, I don't know. I think that's, that, that, I, that's not a bad theory at all. Like it's really interesting in a lot of ways because you're right. It, it goes against kind of what LaFleur like, is saying. You look at the roster, uh, 27 guys got a vote really like Cobb, maybe. I mean, outside of like Rogers, Adams, I mean, Bakhtiari would be, I guess. Yeah. Otherwise, maybe, maybe not. Elton Jenkins um, probably got one. I mean, yeah, I, mean. I guess I could see that. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, maybe Cobb. I guess Mercedes is going to, he's, he's a, he's a shoe in. Right. Um, defensively, it's like Kenny Clark, Zadarius, Jair. I guess Adrian Amos because he's, getting old um like 27 guys though kind of, yeah i know it's a lot it's a lot that if just you, i don't know if, maybe that's that that signal signals a fragmented locker room i don't know it's interesting i we'll keep that one that's like one of those where it's like you know when a big play happens in a game and you're like circle that that could be a big play later bill bill schroeder does that a lot of brewer games where he's like circle that one that or it's like a, a good play by colt wong or something that we'll just circle that. We'll, we'll uh, we might have to revisit that if the uh, the trains fall off the track here uh, this Packer season. But as for prediction, Mitch, you said you're going big score. What do you got? I think Packers do win, but I'm I don't think they cover. Um, I'm going to go thirty-seven to thirty-one. Wow. Um, I'm going to say. 35-23. So high scoring, but I, I do think the Packers look dominant. And I think everything is well. And then there'll be a lot of people being like, well, it's the it's the Lions. Let's see what they do against the Lions. What's the Which, what's I, the total? What's the total in Vegas? Like 54 uh, or like it probably is, probably 54. I would say let me upload up here. Um it's gotta be like mid fifties. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Exciting radio, um, always, always good. Of course, oh, I don't have the see here. I don't have the Packers up. It's only forty-eight. Oh my God! Run to your books. Run to your books. Hammer that. Just don't even think twice. So they think the Packers are going to score like twenty-four. Oh, you're right, because it'll be 11. So they're thinking it'd be like, like 32, 33. Yeah. Yeah, that's there are some very, very aggressive uh over unders that I, I haven't really looked at the week three week two lines, but you have the Ravens at Ravens Chiefs at 55. You have Titan Seahawks at 54, Cowboys Chargers 55 and a half, Falcons Buccaneers 52. A lot of big, big old, big old overruns. Just be careful there. Be careful. Yeah. Um, just got to gotta take your ease, right? Um, it's big spreads too. Like Cleveland's favored by 12 and a half. 
against the Texans. Um, that seems a little high. The Buccaneers are also 12 and a half against the Falcons. I know the Falcons talk about a team that just I completely missed on. That was that was bad. But we'll see. So um, be should be a fun week, and we'll obviously talk about whatever comes from Packers and Lions, and then get ready for uh, the. 49ers, which is going to be going to be a big one, a showdown in San Fran, as they'd like to say. But moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers, who will hopefully be clinching a division very shortly here, um, whether it be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we don't know. Um, it'll be really predicated on the St. Louis Cardinals, who, as I mentioned in the Open, have played themselves kind of back into the race. Uh, but the Brewers will clinch at some point. They will celebrate with champagne. They will have the T-shirts, everything else. It will be magical, to say the least. And division championships for baseball just mean more. And there's not eight teams getting in like hockey and base and basketball. Now, now baseball or basketball actually gets ten in, but there's not that not those group of, group of teams. It's five. And two of those teams have to play a one-game playoff to decide their fate. None of that has to happen. The Brewers are in, and they're just, they'll wait. Whoever comes out of the NL East right now, it's looking like the Braves. But it just is – it's so much more special. And, like, that is the one, like, joy of baseball. I know we both love baseball um, more, I think, than most early 30s. It, it's just – it has that – the regular season is just so much more important than other sports. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's just, it's a grind. I mean, it's, um, you know, you kind of, it's nice. I feel like it's, I don't know if we've ever, well, we haven't had this type of division lead, uh, not in our lifetime, I don't, not in franchise history. So it's nice to, to get the, get the tough work out of the way and kind of, be have the ability to be cautious with your players and how they lost two in Detroit, which I'm not going to say it's a a panic button situation, if you will, but um, you know, it is what it is. They can kind of, you know, it's not going to affect really much of anything. Uh, How many games do we have left here? Like 15, something like that. So, and the magic numbers down to what, like four, five, it's down to five. five. Four, five four for a playoff spot. Five for uh, five for the division. So, yeah, it's 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 nice. It's it's been you've had a no hitter, and uh, which we haven't seen in, in any of our lifetimes, uh, either of our lifetimes, and um, that stuff is pretty cool. And it's it's you you know you don't know what you're gonna get, and it's been somebody different every night and for the brewers you know and yeah winning a division is still a big deal in baseball i I don't i don't know if you can i don't know if i can really describe it that much but it's just because it's such a grind and because there are so many uh so few playoff spots that and there still are regional rivalries in in baseball where there really aren't as many certainly in the nba there that's non-existent and you know football there is um, but I guess with the way the Packers have it, they've been so dominant in their division that, you know, 
I'm not going to say that it's hard to call them a rivalry. I think Packers Bears is still one of the better rivalries. Packers and Vikings is is a, a decent rivalry. Um, but yeah, I mean baseball, it is it is still just you know baseball. I think the product of baseball, frankly, is in, is in a great spot right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, compared to I, I think people have sort of gotten over the the way the game is played by now it's been yeah. you know several years of oh yeah it's bad home run walk strikeout well and then that too you have that excitement i think people have come come around on that too right. sort of embraced that a little bit more um right. and yeah it, like just the product itself is is amazing for the brewers to be where they are is um just with some of these other teams payrolls uh, it's just uh special i and i think what's nice too about baseball is there isn't that sort of national media bias towards it there's a little bit but like the guys who are in it the jeff Passans, the john Heyman's of the world they're they're kind they're really respectful of what the brewers are doing they really like the brewers the jared carabas is on that alternative media side big brewers fan like they there there is that feeling of the brewers are like John boy visited the brewers another alternative person. Like they have a, a respect that isn't just like, it's just different than the box. It's weird. It's hard to describe as you said, but it's like, it, it feels a lot just like we, we belong. Right. And maybe it's because we've done it now. This is our fourth straight year. Yes. Last year was an asterisk, but council has so much respect and the Brewers have so many pit people that are that get excited to watch. Yelich is this notable face, but there's so many other guys that matter, and that's why I think the national people will find out about this Brewers team is how many other guys can be can be that dude on that certain day or that certain series, and it's just going to be really exciting to watch. And I just hope that they're in it for a long haul. I hope it's not something short that'd be terribly disappointing um but i i think it it, it's really it's really fun and like this part of the season where the brewers are is kind of weirdly dog day-ish because the lead is so massive that like we just kind of don't care like if we're a mets fan right now and i think they're losing to the cardinals yep um you're like living and breathing on every pitch. We've done that. Like 2018, like that went 2019 too. Like those went down to the wire for a while. And then the Brewers pulled away in 2018, 2019, the Brewers clinched a playoff spot and then pissed away the division and then end up losing, end up losing the first game to the nationals. There's a very big, what if on that whole series and everything else that had, they didn't get swept out in Colorado. So like, it's, it's like, there is those, those years are so much different than this kind of year where it's like, everything's on cruise control and there's no one else to really worry about. And And the 20, the 2011 team was, was also a great team and it, but it wasn't, I don't think it might've been like the division lead might've been half this, you know, you still had St. Louis kind of neck and neck with us that year, I think until I don't really. I don't. I guess I don't really remember exactly the, how that went, but I know. I know the that 25th, the rivalry with St. It Louis, was, yeah, kind of picked up that year. 
yes, it was, there was a lot there and that's a, almost a perfect transition to Ryan Braun, um, which we'll get to here in a second. But yeah, it was the Niger Morgan, Chris Carpenter beef, the Cardinals, Tony La Russa bitching about everything under the sun with the Brewers, the lighting at Miller Park at that point and all this other shit. And then the, the Cubs were playing the Cardinals. It was a Friday night. I told the story on the podcast yesterday. I'll repeat it. I was doing Edward 40 hands with Jordan Kappen and Chance. And we were, and we were doing it on video because Chance at the time had lived in, or was living in New Mexico. So we're doing it on like Facebook video and I got super drunk, then drank champagne and then I puked the next day. Um, but then, yeah, cause everyone was watching the Cubs and Cardinals because the Cardinals had gotten hot and they were the hottest team ends up winning the world series, which we all know, but they, they, after the Brewers had this awesome August, they kind of slowed down a little bit. And so it was the 25th and Ryan Braun launches a three run homer to the fucking moon. And then Alfonso Soriano, I believe hit the home run for the Cardinal or the Cubs that put them ahead late and the Brewers were able to clinch and that the rest was history. And that was the first division title. And now they're looking for their third one in 10 years and that's not a small feat and to the point like three years and 10 for the brewers or the bucks you'd be like what the fuck that's not great but for baseball it it's means something especially in a division with the cubs and cardinals who both won world series in that decade span and the brewers now in a weird way are the stalwarts of the nl central it's crazy well yeah i mean now the brewers have become you know, I, I would, I guess I've been thinking about this a little bit. I'd, I'd like to see their franchise's winning percentage since 2011. Let's, let's say, cause nine and 10 were not good after 08, you know, finally getting over the hump. Um, and then 11, they got Renneke and took off and probably the last 10 seasons now they're, they've got to be, they got to have, I mean, not probably not a 600 winning percentage, but certainly over 500, I, I would reckon. I know that they have, yeah. they really haven't had any bad years. I mean, was it 16? Besides, they the, besides the rebuilding year, but that rebuilding year, now did you Josh Hader, Adrian Hauser? Like, I mean, that was, uh, that rebuilding year was incredible. I mean, so let's see here. I'm pulling up. I don't think, I don't know. I probably won't be able to do this math, but you're right. It's, it has been, it has been just an incredible run. Right now, as a team, the Brewers have a overall win-loss percentage of a little bit under 500 at 4, 485. They've made the playoffs only seven times in their – now it'll be eight – in their over 50 years of being a franchise, which is crazy. Right. So they're that's, 485 in the history of the franchise, 485? Yeah, that's the history of the franchise. Yeah. So, but if you take – so yeah, if you but start look at how many awful years between like ninety two and or ninety four ish, ninety three. I think they're still decent oh, yeah. in ninety two, but like between ninety three and like oh seven. I mean, some really bad years. So so to get it to get it to that point um, of nearly being five hundred, you know, they've they've had to have been pretty pretty freaking solid over over the last 10 years. I'm looking at division winners of the last, basically since 95 when the NL central was, uh, was formed. And 
It's been since 11. Brewers won in 11, then it's Reds, Cardinals, 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 Cubs, Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, who won it last year. Um, Cincinnati won it in 12. They won 97 games and lost in the first round. To the Giants, um, right? To the Giants, correct. They had a 2 nothing um, lead in that series, too, and they they pissed it away, and then the Giants won the Winter World Series that year. Yeah, and, you know, the Cardinals, they've made some some deep runs, but I don't know. I mean, the NL Central hasn't produced a World Series champ since, uh, since 16 with the Cubs. And before that, 11. So, I mean, you know, pretty, pretty solid, uh, it's, I guess. It's been a while, but I, I think we could all agree that the, the World Series favorites are in the National League this year it, with the Brewers, the Giants, and the Dodgers. I think, to me, those are one, two, and three in terms of content. Well, the Ray, and I think the Rays are then right there at four. And I thought that to me would be my yeah. quote unquote power rankings. Not that anyone was asking uh, for that. I, but, man, I, any of those division leaders and really across baseball, except for maybe Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, but, the White Sox yeah. are good. Yeah. The White Sox have been just in this malaise. They're 29 and 26 in the second half, but they don't, they don't need to worry about it. You know what I mean? They have right. nothing. They're on cruise control. So I think it's tough, but it'll be interesting to see if the White Sox can uh, wake up. It'll be fun that Dusty Baker and Tony La Russa will be going off against each other in the, in, in the playoffs. That's all that NL Central shit right there with those two guys. Houston and, Houston and Chicago in the first round. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be a great series. It would be. And all the national media people are like, can we get a one game Yankees Red Sox game to just blow out the ratings completely out of the fucking water? Cause that, I mean, they're not going to get it. I don't think. Cause I think the blue Jays are like the hottest fucking team in baseball and they're just going to, yeah, but that that's a half game between all three. Oh of them. yeah. It's, Oh, it's absolutely absurd right now. Um, actually as we speak, the Orioles have taken the lead on the New York Yankees tonight. Uh, three, two, uh, in the bottom yeah. of the eighth. Yikes. Not great. Yeah, uh, they've they've struggled with the Orioles. Can't struggle with the Orioles. Glad to see the Reds maybe are trying to win trying to win a game uh against the Pirates tonight. They're four 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 in the eighth. But we've done enough uh baseball talking. I'll give you the floor because I talked about Ryan Braun for about 15 minutes yesterday. You can go listen to it. I'll come back in for the Ryan Braun pub crawl, but the floor is yours. Ryan Braun retires. If yeah. anyone's listened to this podcast for as long as we've been doing this, we have we are Ryan Braun stands, as the kids would say. Um, I still remember coming to your house hot as a fucking pistol, taping a podcast the day Ryan Braun got suspended. My hatred for Bud Selig started that day. I still hate Bud Selig. Um, he should no, be nowhere near uh, when Ryan Braun is honored. And his jersey, his numbers retired. There should be no remnants <laughs> of Bud Selig in that in that that stadium. Uh, fuck him forever. Uh, but well, here, the he'll floor probably, the, he'll probably the flo- be there. Sadly, yeah, I know he will. The floor is yours. I will shut up yeah. now. Yeah, I mean Ryan Braun. Uh, what can you say? Um, greatest Brewer baseball player of my lifetime. Um, I was alive with Robin Yount, but evidently because he retired in '94, and I don't remember anything. <laughs> until like at least 95. So, um, you know, if it wasn't for 
for video, I wouldn't even know he ever existed. And I actually met Robin Young, which we went over once. But anyway, um, yeah, Ryan Braun, great, greatest player of, of the Brewers uh, of my lifetime. Uh, always had a clutch gene. Say what you want about the steroids and everything, um, which part of me sort of doesn't want to believe. Never did. Uh, never will, maybe. Still real um, to maybe, me. Maybe, maybe, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter at this point. Um, uh, look, looking at social media the last couple of days, I would say it still does. There's a lot of oh, haters yeah. out there. Oh yeah. I, that's, can I, that's fine. I said I would shut up, but I, um, I, I hang out on Reddit a little bit and I made some Ryan Braun comments. Let me tell you, the Reddit community was not having my Ryan Braun takes. They were, Ooh, that was brutal out there. So yeah, I mean, anyways. I, I would say that the home run against the Cubs in 2008 was a top three sports moment of my life. Um, kind of as sad as that is, it just, it just was, I mean, to, to get over the hump in that fashion against the Cubs who were, who, you know, I despised so much in those years and to have that guy do it in that fashion was, was awesome. Along with CC Sabathia, we can't forget him that year, oh. but um, Braun was the offensive equivalent. And then, you know, the, was the grand slam against Pittsburgh. That was an 11. No, that was, was no, that, that was 08 as well. Yeah, that was 08 you had, as you well. had the homer, you had the homer against the Marlins, I think in 11. Right. I think that clinched the That's division correct. maybe. Yes. That clinched so, the division. Just the guy seemed to be everywhere. All the big moments. Um, he had a huge grand slam. What was that? Two years ago, or was that eighteen yeah, two years against ago. the Cardinals? Yeah, or was that two years ago? Two years ago. Two years ago against the Cardinals, and I just the guy just had an absolute. And it was a the, a, the one of the first five tool players that that I can remember the Brewers ever having. I mean, just. Um, Played a terrible third base, it turned out, but I think they found a home for him in left field and, you know, was able to utilize that speed a little bit more, arm strength, um, but just an absolute treasure. And it really is a shame that, that we didn't get a full season to to enjoy it. Part of you would, would wish that he would suit up or something maybe to the last game of the year. Um, I don't think they're going to do that, but yeah just uh gonna miss him i mean it's uh you know we've gone a whole season without him i guess and the brewers are doing just fine but um he was instrumental in getting christian yelich here um by all by all accounts which um you know i know he got traded here but then keeping him long term i mean ryan braun must must have put in the good word and represented the franchise um, I think certainly since the suspension, he kind of did a great job of putting that behind him. And while he wasn't as productive after the suspension and the steroids and stuff, he still was a, a pretty solid player overall. And, you know, I, I think did a lot to repair his reputation uh, amongst the fan base. And I think it's still, still kind of, there's still some Brewer fans out there that don't like him. I don't know if they, you know, these people think that they have never made a mistake in their life either. Um, but it's, it's um, overall, I mean, sad to see him go, but, you know, again, just, just 
the my my favorite baseball player of all time probably he's going to be up there for sure and uh my friend charlie doesn't even want to go to the game on sunday all right i knew this is going to be brought up do do this i had said this to the people yesterday i was like michigan bring this up guys so just so you know we'll talk about it then here's the thing i i thought about it and number one i have a i have a variety of reasons it's not that i don't want to go it's that the Brewers are dirty fucking bitches for putting the game on Sunday. A hollow day. You have 16 NFL, 17 NFL Sundays. Don't get a lot of them. They don't just they don't just spring up throughout the year. It's not like, oh hey, we have an NFL Sunday here for you. It's like, no, you only get 17 of them. Then on top of that, you have the USA versus Europe in golf, actual competition. Now, granted. The U.S. might hate hate each other, and we might they might have a worse team chemistry than the fucking Packers. So I don't know. Maybe they'll be screwed by by uh, someday. A lot of bad vibes coming out of that 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 whole thing, Mitch. I know you don't care, but the other part of it is and is like I I obviously want to see Ryan Braun. I want to send Ryan Braun off, but I don't really care about the game because it's going to be everything's over. It's going to be clinched. Like if I could just pay for a fifteen dollar ticket to go like pregame ceremony and maybe have a couple drinks and hang out, great, awesome. Can I get back for the halftime, second half of the first games? That'd be great. And the and the start of the like Ryder Cup finish, that'd be awesome. But like I I just that's the part of it. It's not necessarily I don't want to go. It's that. There are just a lot going on elsewise, and I know there's going to be other Ryan Braun things coming down the pipeline. Like I know he's going to get his number retired next year, and I want to be there for that. And I want to be in the building. You know, if they ever put a statue up there, they won't. Not for a long time. They may. They should. I've argued they should, but it's just going to take a while. So that's my. That was my point. I, I know it's a long diatribe, but that that was my why I sort of was like, ah, they, there's just, there's nothing to play for right now. It's just Brewers against the Mets. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of just minor leaguers out there. A lot of Pablo Reyes, Jace Peterson's of the world, Manny Pena's, you know, doing playing instead of, instead of the big boppers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. And I guess you put it that way with the, you know, number retirements. If, I mean, if they do that, I don't know. They probably will. You, they gotta, but they, they should. If they don't, it's it, whatever. I honestly, if they they don't, it's succumbing to just the outside noise. But I, I don't think it will. Um, you know, some people called Ryan Braun complicated. I, I thought even calling him complicated yesterday was an overreach. Um, that I don't think that type of stuff you need to talk about. And he didn't have a complicated legacy. He only had it to media members who didn't actually talk to the fans. As you put it greatly, a lot of fans forgave him, even the ones that were upset by him. Because he just, he was a upstanding human being and never got in trouble again and never, never had any other issues. It was just that one time. And it was to help a calf strength. And you know what? I think we all would have done it. And if he wouldn't have done HGH, he probably would have struggled. And who knows? 
Maybe the Brewers fall apart. They lose the division to the Cardinals. And there's so much of this that's different. I don't know. Yeah. You never know, right? Yeah, but ultimately he was doing it for his teammates. And, right. And the fans and wanting to be there and wanting to play every day. Right. I think and more more people are upset with the way he handled it, but sure. Um, what are you gonna? What do you want him to do? Right. It's like it, again to your point. You never made a mistake. Um, I just I was having someone tell me a story about how they're helping somebody who committed an armed robbery six years ago try to find a job, and the guy guy's like good dude. He just made a fucking mistake six years ago. He went to jail. He's out. He's been out of jail for a year and a half. Like, we shouldn't discriminate against that. I know. I realize the spectrum is wide here, but you get my point. Like, th- should that guy never be allowed to have a job again because he made one mistake in his life that was a really big one? But it, you know, he didn't harm anybody. He just he, you know, unfortunately committed a crime. And Ryan yeah. Braun didn't didn't even commit the crime. He just he I guess committed a crime of sport, if you will. But he was it wasn't this consistent. Everybody had a Ryan Braun steroid story. It's this one thing. And 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 then we saw the pain issues he had throughout his career after the fact. So yeah, maybe he did take the HGH because he had a really bad back. And that was a really significant issue for him for his entire career. And the HGH helped. I don't yeah. know. Who knows? It's, I hope it's normalized. I don't know. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think so. I, I just, baseball Hall of Fame is really tough to get into. Um, yeah. I mean, he probably won't just with the whole, unless, unless the, the BBWAA or whatever gets, gets off their high horse sometime soon. Um, I don't see that happening, unfortunately. Yeah, I, don't, I don't see it either. Um, and also, I don't. I think that he just didn't have the long sustained career, you know, that someone like um, Miguel Cabrera, who we just watched with the Brewers and Tigers, where he's right. t- 25 hits away from 300, 3,000, which I don't know if he's going to get. That's that's coming up. Like, you got you to gotta put it together here in the last last 10 or 10 or 15 games. Like, that's it's not an easy – 25 is a lot. But, yeah, yeah. So, so, okay, real quick. Then we'll get to Lisa Byington um, and wrap it up. Uh, so the Ryan Braun pub crawl. So longtime listeners, I forever have said that we sh- would do a pub crawl when Ryan Braun was retired or when Ryan Braun would leave the Brewers. That was the, the thing. Because there was, for what, two years, three years, uh, a thought that Ryan Braun would leave, get traded. And so that's kind of how the pub crawl started. Am I, is that inaccurate or is that kind of what we, what we, how it started? Yeah, I, I think that probably where it's probably started around the, the time David Stearns came and yeah. came in and kind of cleaned house a bit. Yeah. And then, and then I said, all right, well, if your tires, we'll do the same thing. So we don't have to decide this today. And you and I can certainly offline this. But my question is, is like, do we do it for like, my first thought was, do we do it for like a Saturday playoff game or a Friday playoff game next month and do like, and do it and have it be a thing, watch the game, 
pub crawl after watching the game. We'll we'll figure out a spot. We have a few of our few of our haunts that we like to go to, and I'm sure if we contacted them, they would help us out. Um, that's also a table. Another discussion we have to talk about is if do we recreate the broad house magic? Um, we we do have to. <laughs> that that's a serious conversation we probably have to have next week. Um, but then. The other part of it is, do we wait till next season, just find like a three, three, three ten game and do it, do it like on a random regular season game where we can go to different bars, watch the game and draw up some excitement, see if some of our friends who don't live here want to come for it, stuff like that. People who listen, I think I kind of like that better. I realize that I'm just brainstorming with you on I like that better. People can chime in, let me know. Um, but that's I. I didn't forget about the Ryan Bob, Ron Pub crawl. Don't you worry. We are going to do it. I'm not going to do the the snow tap thing where I know it's tap the keg, but the the tap the keg thing where I say we're going to do something and then we don't do it. We're going to do it. I promise. This is I. I cannot go go away from this promise, and I'll have Mitch and Mark hold me to it. I, I promise you that. All right. Let's let's get it done. Do you have a favorite, by the way, on that? Just you don't need to. You can just give me yes or no. Do you like which one do you like better? I, well, it would be a quick turnaround to do it during yeah. the playoff game. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's you're talking like a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, I but think so. It also might have the most steam too. It, it might have some steam, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's gonna. I think we probably will do something in in June or July. Maybe you know. April and May of next year, even though it won't be that nice to like be walking around, I think April and May and just go forward. So we'll, we'll talk more. Um, but yeah, it's, it'll be exciting. And who knows? Maybe we, maybe we'll do a meetup. I've, I've always thought about a meetup. I don't know if there's enough people um, out there that would be interested in a meetup, but I, I would be, I'd be interested. I mean, you guys always know where to find us. We, we tend to, I tend to tag myself when I'm out, especially the broadhouse. Like you just hop in, say hello. Uh, but anyways, moving on, Lisa Byington, the new uh, Bucks play-by-play announcer. Uh, she is the first woman to be a play-by-play announcer for any of the major sports um, it is a monumental day uh, for the Bucks and for, you know, basically making things equal. Um, and Lisa's really good at her job. I've she's done Marquette games in the past, Big East, Big Ten. Uh, she also did uh, a variety of NCAA games um, in I think the last couple of years. So it's not like it's not like this is just a cherry pick or a try hard move by the Bucks organization. Um, and they're that they made a move and, and good for them. And I, you know, this is someone who will likely be in our live for a little while, as you said. And uh, I think, I think it's an interesting hire, but I also, I also think like there has not been the expected reaction but there. I saw people in the mentions, like, if you dislike this, like you're showing your true colors. It's like, no, you know, I don't know. Maybe you're a Jeff Levering guy. Maybe you wanted Jeff Levering to have the job. Maybe you were hoping a return to Gus, Gus Johnson, which I don't think any Bucks fan was. I'm only kidding. Um, but you know, you might have someone you were rooting for. It's not that it has nothing to do with that. Sometimes it's just 
if you've watched her, I don't think you're going to, you're going to have that take. And if, if you haven't that, and you have that take, well, maybe you should just do a little research, but yeah, I'll let you have the floor. Yeah. I mean, obviously a monumental um, acquisition here, hiring for by the bucks. Um, I mean, I guess selfishly, I was, I had hoped that maybe a Jeff Levering or a Brian Anderson would, would leave uh, and pull a Jim Paschke and leave from the Brewers and come over to the Bucks as Jim did in the, in the eighties. And, you know, but other than them, I didn't, I guess, have a serious contender in my mind or anybody uh, on the, you know, on the tip of my tongue that I was like, Oh, go get that person. And, and when you look at Lisa's resume, I mean, Tokyo Olympics tournament, as you laid out, I mean, she's, she's called NBA games in the past. Um, she's been around and, I watched uh, her reel on YouTube um, from, I guess it was from the season right before COVID hit. And she did a ton of Big East games and very professional, easy on the ears, you know, and I mean, that's really, that's really all you can ask for, you know, and it'll, it'll take some getting used to, I suppose, just because we've had, we've had Jim for so long, just having a different voice is going to be, you know, even like when the Bucks had Gus Johnson part-time, I mean, even that was weird just having, you know, that guy on our local broadcasts, I guess that gave it more of a national feel. Um, but, you know, Lisa also does Chicago Sky games. So I guess, I don't know if that's done with all the WNBA, they play a different schedule. So I don't know if she can do both. Um, I think she can do both. I think their season ends pretty much right when the NBA starts. I think the WNBA finals is, and then I think it's kind of like, it's kind of like how it is in the NBA where it'll just be national broadcast at some point. So unless she does radio. Yeah. And she's, and she's a, um, a Midwest gal. I mean, she's been from Michigan. It looks like. Went to Northwestern, um, played sports there. You know, I mean, she checks a lot of boxes for sure, and um, I'm excited to see how she can how she can step in and fill the void for Jim. And you know, you and I have both been critical of Jim in the past. I think he he struggled with with the Herb Cole years quite a bit, and just towing that towing that line. I mean, um, of being that's what's so great about like certainly Marcus Johnson, but also like Ted Davis as well, where it's like, he's not afraid to be kind of emotional on, on a, on a local or regional network. Um, you know, when, when you're a team employee, but you're talking to fans that are passionate, you gotta be a little bit biased or um, passionate along with them. And, and that part of that includes being, being critical of players or, or whatever, but not like demeaning, but just like, you know, just being kind of being one of the people watching the game as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And, Absolutely. you know, and, and I, I would imagine that doing Chicago sky games, she's, you know, had that sort of experience. And, um, you know, again, this is a, as a TV play by play announcer, you kind of assume this person, is going to be doing it for the next 30 years or more. So um, we, we welcome her with open arms. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I, I think that 
there will be yeah there'll be shitty takes but there are shitty takes on everything right like the, you know what i mean like people just like the assholes at the internet is full of trolls and i do think yeah you can be critical here and there and just because you're critical it's not because she's a woman it's because you're just watching the game like anybody else right like it let's just I, she won't because she's a pro but like let's say she mispronounces Giannis's name or something right off the jump yeah of course you're gonna be like oh that's a tough start right but it's not it has nothing to do with her gender it's just she's announcing just like everybody else we criticize marv for doing that marv was way past his prime and was terrible at times and marv's a legend he's better he's done so much that you and i haven't but unfortunately marv stayed too long can make the same argument about Lee Corso, right? Um, and that happens. So I, I think that it, it's great and she's she's gonna be good and it's gonna it's gonna be a little different. It's just like in baseball, like when you said that, I was thinking about how like you never sometimes know who's calling the Brewer game. <laughs> like it's like, yeah. oh, it's uh it's a Jeff Leverett game. Oh, wait, now. No, 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 this series is Matt LePay. And then this series is Craig Kishon. The worst is Craig Kishon. I'm sorry, Craig. I know he's been a longtime Valley Sports Now employee, but Craig's not a play-by-play guy. I, I, it's nice that they let him do it, but he just – it's not not his thing. And him calling the no-hitter is a bummer. But uh, yeah. I was, I, I'm happy that Craig was not the Bucks play-by-play guy because I would not have been in favor of that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess I was kind of worried about that too. So, I mean, yeah, um, how right. could you not be? This it's the easy step. It, but also too, like if you're Craig Sean and you didn't get this job, do you just have to quit? Like, at what point do you just say I've peaked? Like, I <laughs> just go be a like a broadcasting consultant instead. Like, make him a little more money. I don't know. Maybe maybe it does well. Who knows? Go be the go be the sports director at ABC Lacrosse. Oh, hell yeah. Go fucking cash out. Like, go be the sports, like, the news director, sports director somewhere, and just cash the fuck out. I don't know. But that's, I could go forever on Craig and Sean. We've went way too long. It's okay. Um, Brian Braun was a big part. We had to talk. That's our panic button. We'll be back next Wednesday. Um, and well, we'll get ready for San Francisco. We'll talk Detroit. Um, Brewers will be closer and closer to the division um we'll probably have a little wrap up there and then inching closer to bucks and yeah badgers notre dame next week too huge weekend in the state of wisconsin Ryder cup badger notre dame packers diners all there brewers finishing touches ryan braun's arrival it's all there will it last thing will aaron Rodgers give any notion any nod to ryan braun will they end the feud finally uh probably not yeah, it's because Rogers is a con. That's okay. That it's all right. So he is. All right, just drop the C bomb on the podcast. Time to go. All right, see you guys later. Bye. Peace.